Hi, hello and welcome to the Venus Investor Astrology Podcast. This episode is about the stars for 2023 and we've got a big year and I'm going to go through it month by month starting with January. And first off in January, January the 12th in fact, Mars goes direct and I think we've all been waiting for this. It's a three month retrograde and when he goes direct, I think the all those complexities um, those confusion, the ideas that we had to kind of delve into and look at the small print, reading of the instructions that don't make sense and utter annoyance and irritation and um, things suddenly becoming obvious that we've had to look at. You know, when it goes direct and on that day, it's like, whoa, OK, I've got it now. I've got it. I've read it. I've got it. It's, you know, and potentially, you know, contracts, the redaction on the contracts suddenly becomes clear. You know, this whole retrograde period really has dug deep into our thinking processes and into information that we've been given and into the media. So when it goes direct, I think we'll have a round of applause. Um, On the 18th, a few days later, uh, Mercury then goes direct. And of course, Mercury rules Gemini, where Mars has been retrograding in and Mercury goes direct in Capricorn at eight degrees so they're both moving forward at eight degrees and both kind of with an information-led proposition and so I think with this in conjunction it means they're not talking to each other they have a blind spot so I read that 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 the big corporations big politics being Mercury in Capricorn is going to be ignoring the data that's dug up by Mars in Gemini. So that could be like central banks, digital currency, just going ahead despite overwhelming voices and uh, data proving otherwise. So there is that kind of idea of that big corporations will be having thinking and analysing one thing and the information is saying something completely different. Now, uh, also, I think this pertains to President Biden's Saturn in Gemini, which is at nine degrees. So these two eight degree turnings are almost a duty bound for maybe um, some sort of expression of President Biden's um, authority or his lack of authority or his dementia, where he now has to take step up and take responsibility where he before he hasn't. So we might see something like that becoming very obvious. Now, on the 22nd uh, of January, Uranus goes direct. And with Uranus going direct, we enter a period called APDN, all planets in direct motion. And that means things are just going to be in flow. They're going to flow forward, but they're flowing forward unchecked. The retrogrades are there to check us and make sure we've done the right thing, to hold our hands, to get the right, you know, things uh, happening in the right way and so when things are flowing forward it's like we're not looking back we're going straight forward and that's really great for anyone starting new year's resolutions get them started on the 22nd when uranus goes direct it's like it's like the starter klaxon for the year really so good things can happen you can get much more energy to start things and you know it's like those i think we'll be past those days in January when they go, this is the most depressing day of the year. And it's the Tuesday after we've all gone back to work. And and I think it, or it's the day when you're all back to work and or everyone else is in Mauritius or, or Bali still on their exotic holidays. But um, yeah, 22nd is um, APDM. So because Uranus starts the APDM, 
Um, it's like Uranus is the higher thinking, the enlightenment planet, the one who's going to bring us in kind of thinking for humanity, cosmic codes. You know, th this is a, like a higher lift for humanity to go forward. But um, so I see this as a really kind of great way to really s for self-improvement and improvement of all ideas that we have in our thinking processes. Um, they're all going to go forward without progress. That's and potentially things you don't want to happen will go forward as well so just be mindful of that it's quite a good period it lasts until the 21st of april but coming to february uh, on february we have a really nice romantic mood for our new moon on the 20th of february it's at one degree pisces and it's a really beautiful opening where we can understand how we lose ourselves in another person it's incredibly healing um so an, a beautiful way to start off and, um, you know, initiate something that's either healing for yourself or uh, emotionally relevant, even a romance. Um, and also to express yourself artistically. It's really great. Also, Venus is also in Pisces at this moment. So I think this is kind of a really nice, uh, a good time for February to open the door, to open hearts. Um, but also, I think there is an idea that it's opening the door emotionally then to also loss and sorrow and difficult feelings because this is the new moon and it's like it's a precursor to Saturn moving into Pisces in March which is the next month so this new moon it's almost like here's the taster um just before Saturn moves across and it's only two weeks later that Saturn moves into Pisces after two and a half years in Aquarius and and this is really one of the big movements in March. March is the craziest month for 2023 really um, because when Saturn Saturn moves signs we always have this kind of a, a big drama around the themes for the next two and a half years. For instance, Saturn moved into Scorpio, I think on the 2nd of November 2020, 2012. And on that day, Panorama, BBC Panorama um, programme was launched, which proved that Jimmy Savile had been the biggest paedophile of all time. Um, and from that, the next two and a half years was every light entertainer from the 1970s was being analysed and potentially exposed for abuse or, or abuse of his position and uh, misdemeanors, sexual ones. And of course, Scorpio rules sex. So that was to Saturn's role to put things right, expose and put them right. Then Saturn moved into Sagittarius. And on the week that it happened, we found all the Across all the newspapers, a little Greek boy was on the front page. He'd been washed up on the beach in this immigration refugee crisis. And of course, Sagittarius rules where we go beyond ourselves, beyond borders. So that um, was immigration and refugee focus for the next two years to put that right and shift humanity up to how we deal with those situations. Saturn then moved into Capricorn for two and a half years later and the within months of Saturn moving in there we Trump gained the presidency of America and in doing so we really looked at how 
our, our politics became much more of a focus and um, not just because he's such a dramatic person but because we were going hold on half the world was going hold on that's not right I don't like the idea of this and then the other half were waking up well yeah that's my president and and also then the idea of how corrupt politics really are and Trump was really exposing that like he said I um, I know there's a game being played on you because I've been playing it and that kind of outrageous kind of um, leadership really showed up who is what we're playing with so that was uh, the Capricorn ideal um, Capricorn obviously politics business big institutions leadership and then Saturn moved into Aquarius and of course as soon as he did we got the lockdowns and you can time Saturn kind of popped into Aquarius then back into Capricorn then back into Aquarius again and when he did that it was almost day for day the exact dates that the UK went into a lockdown and went out of a lockdown and Aquarius is the people is humanity and of course Saturn has this oppressive feeling so Saturn was in here going right we're going to oppress you. We're going to put you into your homes. And really what this did was a really sorting out of our social ideas of how we communicated with each other, Zoom calls, podcasts, um, all those you know, ideas that we would we behave differently towards each other. And um, so Saturn was that was Saturn's role in Aquarius, like really updating our humanitarian ideals. Now that Saturn is going to be moving into Pisces, it's going to be updating our emotional ideas. I, well, sorry, it's going to be updating our emotional ideals. So we can think about how we might want to express ourselves, the artistic side of things. So Saturn might come in for the artistic side and say we might get um, highlighted the idea that you know big money rules art and we need to change that and maybe there'll be much more street level art coming up and being and hitting the big time rather than just um you know the big money ideals so that could be uh, a process that we go through um as well as you know our romantic inclinations pisces rules all romance so that could be uh, a new ideals coming around or the old ideals being exposed for the what they are and saying well oh, we need to update them uh, but also Pisces is the last sign of the Zodiac and also is responsibility for a lot of the death processes and endings and loss. And I think Pisces, uh, I think Saturn here will be exposing um, ideas around excess deaths that have been happening um, and also sudden deaths that have been happening. And I know there's a movie uh, out on Rumble, I think you can see it on Rumble about sudden deaths or died suddenly. So um, that's another um, another topic for another podcast. But with Saturn moving into Pisces, I think we're going to be looking at death, funerals, excess deaths, death counts, and people really understanding what really has been happening. And, you know, did England, did Matt Hancock really buy the whole, uh, all the midazolam that, all the stocks of midazolam in Europe and give them to the nursing homes to kill off all the elderly. Did that really happen? You know, we're going to find out those kind of bits of information around death when Saturn moves into Pisces and hopefully get that sorted. So that's a big thing on the 7th of March. Saturn moving in here, I think, guarantee you we're going to hear something on one of those subjects straight away. Also, 
on the 7th of March, there is a Scorpio full moon. And the Scorpio full moon in March is like a second Halloween. So definitely we're going to hear more about death with Scorpio there. And it's a huge augmentation of the darker side of things, the intensity, the power shifts that occur, and maybe a harbinger of, of you know, potential corruption and and what we maybe haven't really taken responsibility or some things that have been happening in our past. So I think the 7th of March is a massive day for us, um, even more so than when Pluto moves in to Aquarius. But that doesn't happen till the uh, 23rd of March. Before we get to the 23rd of March, the 15th, 16th, Mars leaves the shadow zone. We can sign breathe a sigh of relief. But as he does leave the shadow zone at 25 degrees Gemini, Mercury, uh, who was rules Gemini where Mars is in, um, Gem Mercury is conjunct Neptune and uh, at 25 degrees as well. And that conjunction, it's like we're going to talk about our feelings again and we're going to express those ideas, those new creative ideas, and we're going to uh, understand a lot more about death really. Um, when Mars leaves that shadow zone at 25 degrees Gemini to square Mercury conjunct Neptune exact at 25 degrees Pisces. This is a real, you know, Neptune is where we are lost in Pisces. And so I really feel that we will understand about our losses and what has really been happening to cause them. So then we get to, luckily, we get to the rebirth because then there is a new moon at naught degrees Aries. And of course, naught degrees Aries is the first sign of the whole zodiac. It's and it's conjunct Mercury. So at this point on the 21st, this is like, wow, new ideas, a new way of thinking, a new way of connecting with each other. And, you know, real expression of the individual to stand up and and take an interest in things. There may be a war of worlds happening at this point, but really new ideas coming forth and, and people individually standing up for what they believe which may be, be also as a cause of what they've just understood on a deeper level emotionally. On the 23rd of March, Pluto then leaves Capricorn. Pluto has been in Capricorn for 16 years. Um, and Pluto's, whereas Saturn, who's two and a half years in each sign, Saturn wants us to rebuild things. Saturn wants us to do things properly. So it's like we've got to have the foundations right before we can go anywhere. Saturn is the master builder, but he also wants us to be aware of our duty and what is karmically right uh, to do and make sure that we are karmically doing our karmic mission here on Earth. Pluto is also karmic, but Pluto is more the internal process, our internal evolution. Whereas Saturn is about the built world, built world, the the pro, the um, the manifest world, politics, governments, the big things that we see and the things that run our lives. Whereas Pluto is more insidious, and where his action is in Capricorn, it's like he wants to dig out the the, the poison, the corruption, and really you know make it evolve it's like the compost planet he wants us to really kind of really dig deep and and understand or evolve what is rotting with inside and make sure that it moves on it can't stay still and of course you know pluto and capricorn brought around the fourth industrial revolution having already brought in the first second third really um 
So Pluto moving into Aquarius, it wants to dig out the corruption, the poison, the toxicity in the human condition and also in our group consciousness and, and where we come together as a group, as humanity, and really allow us to kind of understand what ails us as humanity, be that, um, you know, our lifestyles or the way we connect. That's all up for massive evolution. Um, and also Aquarius rules future ideals. And so where we have been led to believe we're going to have this android future, it's all AI, it's transhumanism, citizen X, genderless, monitored, facial recognition, all those kind of ideas that have been mooted as, oh, this is our great and easy future where we all have a chip in our brain. Um, Pluto is going to expose some of the corruption within that and what that really means. And people will wake up to understanding what that is. Um, so in a way, Pluto in, in Aquarius, you know, hold on to your seats. It's powerful. But this move is um, when it moves into Aquarius, we will understand that something along those things will be exposed and be ready to be processed. And um, Aquarius is opposite Leo. Leo is about the monarchy and royalty. So I feel like, you know, with Leo being opposite in monarchy, Aquarius is communism. And the two opposite, Pluto is really going to dig deep into those, um, how, why communism has got toxic elements and why it can't work. Um, but on, alternatively, it's going to be opposite Leo. And so I think the monarchy and royalty, all those leadership, not just monarchy, leadership, governance, people who lead us or even celebrities, for instance, will also kind of feel, take a hit from Pluto going into Aquarius. Pluto is only in Capricorn until the 11th of June. Pluto only sits at zero degree Aquarius for this time. And that's kind of quite strange. It just comes in, sits at the zero degree. And the zero degree of any sign is kind of the profound kickstarter. It's like, we don't know anything about this sign. It's like, if you've got any zero degrees planets, it's like, I'm totally naive and I have to learn everything as I go through the sign. So that's what the zero degree is about. And because Pluto's here, just it's retro, going to go retrograde back out on the 11th of June, it's like we're going to get a taster, a taster of this Aquarian ideal. And we've already had a taster. We ha had the 21st of December 2020, the Great Conjunction, which happens every 20 years when Jupiter overtakes Saturn. Um, they make a conjunction in the sky and the ancients called it the Great Conjunction because they couldn't see the piano. They didn't have telescopes. They didn't see planets beyond uh, Saturn and Jupiter. So every 20 years they come together. And on uh, the solstice, 21st of December 2020, um, Jupiter and Saturn came together for the Great Conjunction and they did it at zero, zero degree Aquarius. And that's also kind of quite special because there's a 600 year cycle in that and that every 200 years, um, the, the Great Conjunction, which happens every 20 years, it changes from an, uh, mostly earth signs to mostly air signs to water to, to um, fire. So on the 21st of December, on the solstice, these two um, started the next 200 years of a 600-year cycle in, in air signs. And it just so happens at zero degree Aquarius. And we're saying this is the beginning of the age of Aquarius. And Pluto moving in here this year in 2023 between um, the 23rd of March and the 11th of June is also the 
another heralding factor to open the doors for the age of Aquarius. Also, when this great conjunction happened, they both Jupiter and uh, Saturn were at the same declination in the sky, so they were quite close height-wise as well. And they say that this um, declination, when it was exactly the same, it created a massive star when Jesus was born, and that was the star that the wise men were following. And and in, in and that is then heralded as like a birth for humanity. So this um, Pluto moving in here after just after the Great Conjunction. At this point, it is like we're creating a new humanity here. Humanity has to evolve now. And um, Pluto being the king of rebirth, I think this is going to be astounding for humanity. And um, I think March will really show us what we're capable of and some more ideas about where we're going um, for the future. So March is quite fun packed. But April too. <laughs> in April, we get uh, the first eclipse of the year. The first eclipse of the year is the first time we have an eclipse in, in Aries because the eclipse axis is changing in 2023. It's, this is the year of the change. So it's been for the last 18 months, it's been in Taurus and Scorpio. And for this year onwards, it's going to be in Aries and Libra. But it just so happens in this year of change that we have four eclipses in two pairs, that each eclipse is going to be in a different sign and in a different element. So in April, we have this solar eclipse in, in Aries and it's in a fire sign. And in May, two weeks later, we have a lunar eclipse in Scorpio, which is a water sign. And then six months later, in October, we have a solar eclipse in Libra, which is an air sign. And two weeks after that, still in October, we have a lunar eclipse in Taurus, which is an earth sign. So this is kind of a little bit crazy because normally they're for 18 months at a time, um, they're in one, they're in one axis. And when they change, they don't necessarily change. So kind of um, the change of axes here really brings this whole 2023 into right each element is going to get a change an update and so we've been really thorough with these eclipses like no stone is going to be left unturned we really have to change and considering what's happening in march that we have an eclipse in each element it's like we really have it's time for humanity to really update everything in every level you know emotional and the way we live the way we think you know, our passions, everything, because these four eclipses are, um, it's almost like each corner gets gets an eclipse. So the first one happens in April and it's uh, 29 degrees uh, Aries, Aries, the, the the ram and in the first sign of the zodiac. So this is about my e me and my ego and how I want to express myself, how I want to start things off, how I want to wake up and my individualism. And um, I think it's going to be quite a powerful, interesting, especially given what we've just been going through. And whilst this eclipse is giving us this fresh energy initiative, a real boost, Mercury is going retrograde on the same day or within 24 hours. It's going retrograde at 15 degrees Taurus right next to crazy old Uranus. And of course, 
Uranus started the APDM, the higher thinking, and now Mercury, the lower thinking, is finishing this retrograde. And as Mercury um, finishes this retrograde next to the eclipse in Aries where humanity is waking up, it's like Uranus has provided the higher thinking, the cosmos, has given Mercury, the uh, humanities thinking, a real uh, inspiration, new ideas, new thinking. And this um, Mercury conjunct Uranus is, is, is kind of emphatic with, along with this eclipse that we are going to get this new, you know, everyone's going to go, wow, I didn't, hadn't thought of that. And um, whether that's on a personal level or on a global level, I think it's quite exciting. And we move on to May. In May, a lot of the planets change signs. So um, I think that there's this flow of um, energy of change is really upon us. It's like almost like now that the the personal planets are changing signs. So Venus is moving into Cancer and Mars is moving into Leo. Um, I think we're kind of like it's like the changes that have happened on mass are now changing in our personal lives for May. Uh, Mercury goes retrograde. I'm uh, not sorry, not Mercury. Pluto goes retrograde on the 1st of May. And then we have the second eclipse. And this eclipse is a lunar eclipse. It's the last one in Scorpio. And it's like the last chance to. Um, awaken the dragon within, uh, awaken our empathy and our deep wisdom and understanding what's really going on to upgrade our psyche and the programming. Um, so that as well is the water sign. Um, so that's on an emotional level for this year. Um, and that's happening on the 5th. On the 14th, Mercury goes direct at five degrees Taurus. And then on the 16th, Jupiter enters Taurus. So there's a lot of activities here. Sorry, there's a lot of activity here in Taurus with Jupiter entering Taurus. Um, having been a year in Aries, you know, about the individualism, about um, freedom of expression, being taking the initiative, being quite passionate and forthright. Now that Jupiter moves into Taurus, he really is here to augment all those ideas about um changing earth changing our bodies really you know the focus will be on on our bodies on on um you know self empowerment uh, in terms of embodiment of what we want and who we are now when jupiter moves into taurus um of course mercury's in there and uranus is there as well there we just had the retrograde process on the apdm which started with Mercury and then ended with sorry sorry start sorry we've just had the APDM which started with Uranus and ended with Mercury and this is all about the communication and higher thoughts and bringing in new communication methods so I think this is a real boost for 5G and that kind of communication too so when Jupiter moves into Taurus on the 16th of May, I think that is a real definitive moment where we really get to see a little bit more about those communication ideas of 5G, what it really does, what it means for humanity. But it also means, you know, 
waking up the whole idea about sustainable farming, about how our governments want to take the farming into government control, and that we are going to wake up and go, no, we want to take it back and do proper, sustainable, organic um you know, look after our planet in a real proper way. And Jupiter here on the 16th is going to help us with that, despite all those kind of cosmic and technical advancements that have been made on the other hand. And so we move on to June. And in June, June the 7th, Saturn is going to go retrograde in Pisces. So again, more feelings about um, uh, the, the death, loss, sorrow factor, but also the artistic um understanding now because that happens on the 7th and immediately afterwards on the 11th Pluto then goes back into Capricorn it's like he's moving back into Capricorn to really now that we've had this kind of enlightenment uh he's provided this this little switch on and taster at naught degree Aquarius when he moves back into Capricorn it's like right now we know different we're gonna, not going to allow these things and we're going to sort quite a lot of that political corporate um, overbearing uh, authoritarian ideas out so I think that's quite good um, and Pluto will be uh, won't go out of Capricorn go back into Aquarius in January 2024 so he's back there for a while but on the 19th of June Venus is going to move into the shadow zone of her upcoming retrograde in Leo. Yes, there is going to be a Venus retrograde in Leo in 2023, which brings us to July. Um, in July, on the 17th, um, the North Node, who is responsible for where the eclipses happen, the North Node and also our destiny point moves into Aries and that's back from Taurus moving backwards into Aries um, as the North Node does go retrograde the whole time in general. So here this focus is then going to be on an individuality again you know what what wakes us up you know waking up the warrior within and this is the birth of the new homan sorry this is the birth of the new human you know this is us waking up to our own passions our own ideas and make that we have to take responsibility for so much that is going on in our lives etc and so that we've got 18 months of the north node in aries um on the 17th of july and as it does this you know this is the fire sign we then get it's almost as soon as we wake up on the 23rd, Venus then goes into the retrograde and she goes retrograde at 28 degrees Leo. So she's going to be just trining with the North Node going into Aries. So this is almost happening together that this fiery wake up call. But when Venus goes retrograde, it's like she's going to be looking at ideas of our own sovereignty and how we feel about ourselves, how we how we. Um, how we express ourselves and how we love and our heart, the things that matters in our heart. I think because she's going retrograde, there may be a backlash on um, the idea of celebrity and fakeness and, and the Instagram ideas of, you know, promoting a you know, fake version of yourself. Um, I think all those things will come to the fore with Venus retrograde in Leo. It's quite a, um, um, you know, really questioning yourself and your and your idea about yourself and your in your sovereignty and your leadership ideas of, and also questioning what you're showing up as every day. Who, are you, what are you emitting? What is your vibe? You know, what are you giving out to people? That kind of uh, Venus will want us to question and and re look at that. But also, I would say 
This retrograde works with the eclipse, the great American eclipse that happened in August 2017, which was also at 28 degrees Leo. And that eclipse was when Donald Trump, who has Mars at 28 degrees Leo, was really making headway into um, the American landscape. And also because that eclipse went cut America in two, really shows, you know, we really have a divisive and you know, antagonistic kind of war of, of people going on between ourselves. So so I think Donald Trump is going to be centre stage when this happens and maybe some of his actions might be questioned. But also I think in a good way, he might have the chance to to show what he's been doing because the Venus retrograde, although it might be painful, it will really expose some... Um, you know, will expose what's really been going on, where the values are really held and who's paying for what. And likewise, when we had the eclipse in 2017, another Leo, Meghan Markle, um, Duchess of Sussex, came to into our it came into the, the world's imagination she um they not long after that eclipse they announced their uh, her engagement to um duke of sussex and so i think Meghan markle will definitely be involved in whatever happens with this uh, venus retrograde throughout july i think the way that she operates, the things that she says about herself, the way she promotes herself um, in that Leonine way will all be questioned. And there may be some sort of, um, you know, re reassessment going on here, re-evaluation of monarchy and of herself. And potentially this is where she says, I'm not going to use my titles anymore and put some money where her mouth is. Or maybe even the titles are taken from her. That would be very much Venus retrograde in Leo. Um, so we can see what happens there. Also, Leo does, the whole sign of Leo is enclosed in Duke of York, sorry, no, Duke of Sussex's seventh house. So um, whatever happens to her is going to be happening to him anyway. So the pair of them will be in the focus for July 2023. And if you thought this was going to go smoothly, we have in August... Venus is going to be retrograde in Leo all month long. So it's not the Leo season we had quite expected, unfortunately. Um, Leo season might go off with a with a much more internal investigation into, into how we have fun and um, and also celebrity. However, there is a new moon on the 16th of August, and that is at 23 degrees, and it trines with the North Node, newly entered into Aries. So this fiery new moon is really kind of like going, waking us up to how we're thinking about ourselves, maybe taking an initiative into what we want to happen. It's a rebirth opportunity for our sovereignty. Uh, this new moon is also conjunct Venus retrograde. So we're looking at our desires. Do they honour us? Do we honour ourselves? You know, this is if this is respectful for ourselves. Um, what it is about ourselves that we want to promote and put out there, and is that true to what's really going on inside? Um, are we addicted to the emotional drama? Can we? Uh, is it us? What role did we play in this? But also on this new moon, it's actually square exactly to Uranus in Taurus. And that's like a cracking open of the door again of, of a real re it's pushing us off the cliffs where we thought, oh, we can promote ourselves in this way. But no, 
you know, it's pushing us off the cliff. It's like that's when Instagram goes down for three days and or, you know, social media, one of the social media that's more concerned with um, promoting wonderful things is going to kind of take a backlash or something quite phenomenal will happen around that in terms of how we express our desires, gain our desires and um, our self-sovereignty and um, how we have fun as well. So that is going to be an interesting August. And Venus doesn't go direct again till the 4th of September. And when she does, she's going to be square Jupiter now in, in Taurus. And that's quite strange that, you know, that we had the new moon with, with square Uranus in Taurus. And now Venus going direct is square Jupiter. And Jupiter, as I say, is expanding all those um, ideas about our, our bodies, about the earth, about um, our connections or where the where how we are evolving and how we look after the planet and how we look after our bodies how we look after the planet sustainable farming all those ideas and venus going direct will be you know is there a disconnect between you know the instagram generation and the organic hippie hippie movement kind of thing you know who do they need to come together do the instagram do the instagrammers who are promoting sort of fake and sort of lifestyle really needs to take uh, some of those issues and start talking about real issues that matter um, but there's got to be an emotional certainty here it's a, a, a matters of the heart need to be driven hard we might want to change direction about what we feel and maybe change lovers maybe change relationships um, you know maybe we need to look at our sexual style the way we relate to others the way you know that we um, I think it's like before the Tinder uh, generation and before Love Island, you know, Love Island has taught us so much that, you know, when you meet someone and you don't think they're treating you right or things haven't gone well, you should, can we talk? You say to someone in Love Island, can we talk about that? Or I don't know how I felt about what you just said. Can you explain yourself a bit better? And real conversations, emotional maturity is shown on programs like Love Island, which is a real education for my generation and, and so many others where you would go out, get pissed, snog someone and have them as your partner and not really talk about emotions. And so I think this whole Venus retrograding Leo might give us an idea of Love Island and, and how we need to take more responsibility for how we connect to others in terms of love and how we put ourselves out there as vulnerable but also giving um so when um venus goes direct i think we have a much better idea about how to connect how to love and how to get fulfillment in our own hearts by loving others oh it sounds all very disney but anyway <laughs> once we've got that together on, in September, we've got the Virgo new moon, which is obviously ruled by Mercury. And um, Mercury is actually going retrograde on the exact same day. And um, I think that's quite profound that we've got this new moon in Virgo. So I think this is like, this is the decisions we need to make. We've got to do the right thing. We've got to map out a new landscape for us. We've got the, we've got the information. We've grown emotionally, very much emotionally from Venus in going direct going retrograde in leo so now with this virgo new moon with with mercury going direct at the same time it's like right i'm, I'm going to put this all into action and uh give myself a much better chance at being more productive being more effective being more honest and pure about how i relate to people 
I think this is good news. So moving on to October, um, Pluto is back at 27 degrees. It's been there for a while, but he actually then uh, goes direct at 27 degrees, 54 minutes. Now the USA Pluto, natal Pluto, so the Pluto return is happening at 27, 33 minutes. So this time Pluto doesn't, it comes back to 27 degrees, but you know, just 19 degrees or no, 21 degrees out of being exact at this point, which is still a conjunction. And so I think we're at the final moment where we have to face that we have to change for our future. And this is Pluto's final hit there. It's going to go direct from now on. And, and this is October the 11th. And so by mid-January, Pluto will be in Aquarius forever. So this is right, right. This is the final run where we really commit to changing our governments, changing our corporate way of life, changing the commercialization of everything. Um, Let's see how that pans out. But also on the 7th, well, this is happening on the 11th, on the 7th, Venus will be leaving the shadow zone in Leo. So I think they are connected, this whole Venus leaving there. There is an idea that, that our, the whole commercialization of our world will kind of um, start to evolve into a much more sustainable and more uh, productive and more and, and less um, fake, should we say, um, way of being. So not long after the 11th, Pluto goes direct. On the 14th, we have the Libra solar eclipse. And this is the first eclipse in Libra on that axis. And um, I think this is the, the, the air sign eclipse. This is a new thinking. And Libra, of course, is about relationships. So straight after Venus going retrograde in Leo, we're having right now, let's put this more to the test. We really have to update how we relate, how we date and... Um, you know, some of the things that we might have seen with Venus going retrograde in Leo, how some of those things can go wrong in terms of raping or assuming or asking permission, all those things. So by the time this Libra solar eclipse comes around, I think there'll be some new rules in dating and, and loving. Um, so that will be interesting for the 14th. And on the 28th, we're going to have the lunar eclipse, which is the last eclipse in the Taurus-Scorpio axis. In Taurus, it's at five degrees Taurus. So that lunar eclipse here trines as well with those kind of all the ideas that are happening in Taurus that have been happening throughout the year that will um, open up humanity's idea about the earth and um, our bodies, our, our self-sovereignty with our, you know, ownership of our own bodies. And that eclipse is is kind of like finishing off all the work that's been going on for the last 18 months there. In November, Saturn is going to go direct at 0 degrees Pisces. And again, when it goes direct at 0 degree, it's like, right, I've got to learn emotional responsibility. So that's a whole theme for this whole year, I think, and responsible for my own heartache, uh, responsible for my losses. And maybe this is also a very creative time as well. Um, to bring us into December. The emotional themes continue because on the 6th, Neptune goes direct at 24 degrees Pisces. So we're going to be delving into uh, our spiritual growth, our emotional openness, our vulnerability, and, you know, putting ourselves in line to be open and honest and, and, and uh, in the flow of divine provenance, really. That's on the 6th. On the 13th, Mercury goes retrograde in Capricorn. Now, 
he's at eight degrees and of course he ended the the um he ended his mercury he went direct sorry <laughs> of course in january mercury went to direct to eight degrees Capricorn and now he's going retrograde at eight degrees Capricorn so it's almost like linking them together and of course the January's Mercury retrograde is then connected to the other retrograde in Capricorn um, the year before when we which was the Venus retrograde as well so the December 2021 retrogrades of Venus and Mercury in Capricorn is related to the Capricorn going, uh, sorry, Mercury going retrograde in Capricorn in January 23 and now going retrograde in Capricorn again in December 23. So this whole kind of Mercury here going retrograde in Capricorn, the business world, it's again, it's update of our contracts, of of our monetary systems, our who, who, how we get information out of politics and and um, also the media and what we're being told and who is allowed to express those ideas or who is allowed to uh, govern us or rule us or serve us. Um, so that will be happening eight degrees Capricorn. Now it's interesting as well that um, in 2021 all the Mercury retrogrades happens in air signs. And of course, you know, that's going to be a big kerfuffle. Mercury going retrograde in an air sign, it like whips up all the ideas, the chat, the nonsense, the, you know, it can be really confusing. And it was confusing in 2021. In 2022, the air signs, sorry, the Mercury retrogrades all started in air signs and ended in earth signs. So whatever the kerfuffle, the the noise that it brought up, the the new thinking or the rethinking, it went back into an earth sign to be solidified and give it some stability and grounding. So the information that we're given, we're like, ah, oh, we've got the data on this now. Oh, I'm beginning to understand in a much more um, um, proper way the information we've been given and being able to use it more effectively. So in 2023, All the Mercury retrogrades happen in Earth signs. So Earth signs isn't so movable. So when Mercury retrogrades through there, it's like really considering, reconsidering, re-evaluating, re-looking at and reconnecting with kind of things that are uh, much more stable and we thought were solid. But actually, no, we can actually change them and update. So this adds to the whole flavor of 2023, that there really is huge dynamic change happening throughout the year. And of course, this last retrograde, uh, which happens in December in Capricorn, um, it dips back into Sagittarius, which is a fire sign. So the next year, on 2024, the Mercury retrogrades will dip into the fire signs and bring about much more powerful and flashes of inspiration and and, um, kind of much more exciting in a way. So, yeah, we end the year with this Mercury retrograde, but also with the idea that Pluto is now going to end his Um, journey in Capricorn in January 2024 and move into Aquarius for the next 20 years. So that's quite powerful. It's a powerful shift. It's a powerful year of real uh, change that digs deep into what's happening globally with the earth, but also what's happening with us emotionally and in our romantic sense and about how we connect with each other. And um, I think we will grow phenomenally in our wisdom and in our emotional understanding of either what's happening on a global sense and in a 
political sense, but also what's happening in our responsibility. We'll be woken up to take part in that as well and take part as a society. So um, uh, I don't think that the changes from where what we've just been through, uh, where there's been quite a lot of drama and um, confusion, the changes that are coming up, I think, are much more led by humanity and we will be able to navigate them in a much better way and leave 2023 with a deeper sense of wisdom and understanding. So I'm, I'm liking 2023 right from the go. So, but remember, don't start your New Year's resolutions till the 22nd of January. That's when we're in the APDM for three months and we really be able to make things happen for ourselves in a brand new way. So um, please tell me what your New Year's resolutions are and um, I'd like to hear them. So thank you for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.